This is the 615 Podcast with your host, veteran realtor and entrepreneur, Nick Woodard. Hey friends, welcome to the 615 Podcast where we take an in-depth look and get to know some of Nashville's most determined entrepreneurs, small business owners, and leaders here in the 615 area. I'm your host, Nick Woodard, a 15-year veteran realtor here in Middle Tennessee, small business owner, entrepreneur, father of three, and follower of one. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with me today. My goal is to provide constant value to you, the listener, by engaging with some of the local leaders of business and providing a platform where they can pass along some of their experiences and wisdom to you. So today, episode one, I am extremely excited to get this thing started. Uh, My first guest is a good friend of mine I've known for a long time. He is uh, one of the founding consultants with Rodan and Fields, the number one skincare brand in North America. He's a master network marketer and a recent author of his first book uh, titled Cut It Out, Getting Your Head Straight in Network Marketing. An amazing speaker, and more importantly, he's a man of God, my good friend Gabriel Sedlak. Gabe, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, thank you. This is a, a, a real treat, man. Absolutely, I, man. Greatly appreciate the the ask. So, absolutely, man. I've been looking forward to getting this thing going, and uh, couldn't think of who I wanted my first guest to be, and um, was going to go through my list. I was like, Gabriel, he's mm-hmm. he's my man. I've gone to him for advice uh, through the years, and um, you you obviously have a lot to say. So. <laughs> Figured you'd be great to to have on here. So that's very kind. Um, yeah. and, and you know what? And that's the thing is you want to the fact that you're offering value to your listeners. That's everything. It's one thing to fill the space, but it's another thing to offer value. Right. And you right. offer a lot of value, so it's a real honor that you ask me. So thanks, man. Absolutely. But well, I was gonna kind of turn it over to you and let you tell the story of how you and I met. Ooh. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Let's go back to the annals of history. Uh huh. Um. All right. Well, a fascinating story. Back in uh, 08, right? Speaking of, of our business, um, I got a phone call. A buddy of mine said, hey, man, you got a minute? I want to pitch something to you, right? That was the eloquent way he approached me. And uh, I said, yeah, what you got? And he mentioned that uh, Rodan and Fields were going into the direct sales model, and uh, we could be first uh, in their new anti-aging company. I said, if this is half true, we're going to make a fortune. That was my exact words because I know the model. I know the industry. I've been in it forever. Right, right. And it's just rare to be first, especially with that kind of credibility. So I'm in it, and, uh, and that's that. But right before that whole thing happened, um, I was going from coffee shop to coffee shop to coffee shop all over Nashville <laughs> looking for my – you know, when you're entrepreneurial, you're not you're not satisfied. Have you ever seen? Have you ever been to the zoo and watched like a, a wild tiger or or a lion, and they pace back and forth, back and forth in front of the cage? It's like me on a phone call, right? And they, <laughs> it is. That's how you. That's why you're successful. And and it digs a rut, correct? Uh-huh. But the whole reason they're pacing is they're they're inside of them. They must get out. Right. So for me, being entrepreneurial was it was everything. And I think it was the freedom of being an entrepreneur more than anything. So I I would be in coffee shops, brainstorming, um, uh, networking with my friends, uh, having business meetings about various things. And in one of those times, uh, right before Rodan and Fields hit, um, you were in the corner of a coffee shop that doesn't exist uh-huh. anymore. 
and you had your head in a book and uh, studying for your real estate exam. I never forgot. And um, I was there all the time, and you were there all the wow. time, and so the conversation yeah. just struck up. And what do you do? What do you do? And and then uh, he says, "Man, you need you need to meet my sister." After we had, you know, we had some pretty profound talks. We talked about God and life, and and what was important. And um, he said, "Man, you're you're you remind me a lot of my sister. You got to meet her. As a matter of fact, she's going to be here in a little while." And so uh, a little bit later, she walked in, and then. You know, that has its own story. Sure, um, sure. But uh, we met at a coffee shop, two entrepreneurial guys. Just trying to figure it just out. Just trying to navigate <laughs> in life, yeah. And so uh, if you are going from coffee shop to coffee shop and you are trying to navigate, you are not lost, my friend. You're yep. not lost. And you, you never know when those relationships are mm-hmm. are going to happen. Um, that's why you got to make yourself available. And um, a little bit to that story, too, your, your wife, Holly, who – one of the sweetest people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, at the time, she's no longer doing it, but she, she was a loan officer. She was. And so she and I got hooked up, and she started doing most of my loans. So there was a little bit of a wow, side I for, I to that. Wow, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Since when I retired her, I forgot about the mortgage industry. Yep, that was yep, the end of that. Yep, she was good at it, too. Well, that's how actually we met. Um I was in a little half-baked mortgage company uh, on the Gulf Coast when I was living down there, and she was working in a title company. And this uh, this guy needed to get like five houses bought at once. It was a real disaster. And so I'm, I'm on the phone. They put me with this title company, and there's this voice on the other side. And I wasn't the guy that tried to play play on women or, or play anybody's emotions or anything like that. I, but there was a this voice on the other side, and I was so moved by her as a person I said, I've got to know who this who this person is. And all I cared about, because we're going to be talking about some redemptive stuff, right? <laughs> all I cared about, um, I wasn't, I didn't think she was going, quote, to be my wife. I wasn't trying to date or none of that. I just wanted her okay. I wanted her life okay. I wanted her safe. And, you have uh, a natural compassion for people as oh, well. Oh, gosh. I mean, my heart bled for her. And I just, uh, not for any external reason other than I just wanted her okay because she was too exceptional as a person. And so I, uh, I, I faked and I said, hey, I need to come down there and get a copy <laughs> of the loan. Um, and I was on my motorcycle and uh, you know, I pulled up and I had oh, her just copy. Just some guy on a motorcycle. Yeah. Just. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she didn't get it. She didn't, she didn't catch it. But she printed it out and gave it to me and it was, a, you know, it, was, it was an initial meet. But, so we met in the mortgage industry. So it's funny how all roads lead back to homes. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. So we were going to write a book about that too, because our our story and our testimony is pretty. Oh, pretty special. yeah. Your your story is far bigger than a thirty forty five minute podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. just like me, you're, you're the father of three young kids. Yep. Um, we know how demanding that can be. You know, trying to to balance work, entrepreneurship, yep. and and not just work, but building something, building something from scratch. Um, Give us a glimpse in, in how you manage the demands of your growing business and being not just a parent, but a present father, you know, being a part of the things that, that they they do. Because, you know, I know you, you've got a lot of things pulling on you and uh, to be able to have some sort of balance between being the best you can be as an entrepreneur, but also being the best you can be as a father. You know, how, how do you manage that? Yeah, well, uh, and in in our situation, a little bit particular because just like you, when when you're an entrepreneur, it's one thing, but when you're having to pioneer a movement, right, that requires a right. a, a, a guttural, 
<laughs> a force well, to and drive y'all you. aren't just nationwide you're worldwide worldwide number one now in three countries and all kinds of uh in all kinds of categories and uh, we're about to open japan and so anyway when and not to always bring it back to that but it was an right, interesting right. pivot it, that was where kind of all roads crossed so when when rodan and fields came across my path holly's working in the mortgage industry we have one little boy aiden our oldest our second little boy is in her belly the housing market had just crashed that was fun yep i remember that yeah, well it was really fun <laughs> And, um, you know, everybody was, you know, just panicking and people were very honest for a change. You know, was, the joke was back right, then, right. you know, Mr. and Mrs. Perfect would, would, would show up at the restaurant in their flashy car and their expensive stuff. And, oh, how are you doing? Blast. Oh, we're great. We're blessed. Everything's fine. After the crash, fa- you know, happened, they say, yeah, I lost my house. No way. I lost my house, too. <laughs> And everybody was something super, that bonds us together. Suddenly, honesty was everywhere. But um, so here she is with the market crashing, trying to emotionally anchor into feeding us. Meanwhile, as a lender, as an as originator, a, correct. Me on the other side, I'm the I'm the side saddling cowboy that's going from entrepreneurial town to entrepreneurial town. And I was in another direct sales company, and I quit it cold turkey to join into this one. So. Here's the market crashing. Here we are pregnant. Now I'm jumping into a new deal. Just left another one that I worked on aggressively, but it, it couldn't compare. Right. And so here's that. There's a three-year-old now we have in tow, uh, Aiden. And so initially what I did, because our big passion, if you know us, our hashtag said like pack, and if you know us, we're always about never missing a moment, right? So our underlining core belief system that's always been our true north has been never miss a moment. So for me, I don't care how much money you make because the big house on the hill and all the stuff is going to only testify against you if you sacrificed your family to get it. Absolutely. One day it'll look at you and say, and it'll laugh and it'll say, look what you gave up to get me. Absolutely. It's not worth it. Get all the stuff. I'm all about it. We like the stuff. I like more stuff. I want more stuff. But you don't have to sacrifice your family. And there's this lie out there. And the lie is that you have to... Um, Pay the price. You hear this all right, the time. You right. got to pay the price. I am sorry. I don't believe you have to. To some, they think that's the case. But when you're anchored on something like love, you know, see, obstacles don't exist when you love big enough. I loved my wife so much. I wanted to be with her so much. I want to be with my kids so much that how to build a business, how to be an entrepreneur, how to juggle it, how to balance it, how to love her and still build the business effectively, those questions didn't really even come into play because when you love big enough, obstacles don't exist. So I just literally grabbed my three-year-old. I said, honey, I know you don't understand the industry, but I'll retire you this year. Right. She was like, I trust you and love you. I wish you could go get a real job, but okay. Oh, and what blind faith she had. To just because she knew you. I loved her and and I would and I wasn't going to be a flake and and she heard crazy stuff like you know I'm so sorry you're married to such an unstable husband I mean it's right. amazing the right. opinions that people have of you that have no right to say those things right. Right. nevertheless you know my wife would always say when people would say crazy things about her side saddling cowboy gunslinging husband she would say you know what one day when my husband finds his thing um, he's going to be a millionaire that was literally her words. Nevertheless, I took my three-year-old. We would go to Chick-fil-A's. We'd go to coffee shops. We'd live life. We, so I had him in tow. I told Holly I was going to retire her, and I just had conversations with people. And those conversations turned into meeting your sister, turning into building huge organizations, turning into uh, being able to uh, cut her 
our income needs from her in half by six months, and by that first year, pulled her home. Right. But since then, so so that's chapter one. So I retired her. She's home. Great. Now we have three kids and a four-year-old little girl that changes her princess dresses every thirty minutes. <laughs> she goes. I've got a couple of those, buddy. Man, I have never <laughs> known the most powerful I'm substance a- <laughs> on earth is estrogen. <laughs> It is the most powerful yeah. substance. I probably have $5,000 worth of Disney Lord, princess dresses. I am shocked. <laughs> and she, so, so, so all of that was like year one, year two, year three, right? And then we start adding more kids, getting more stuff. But the, the battle, which is not a battle, and I don't mean to elongate this answer, but you, you need to hear this, um, is we're always present. So anything that divides us in time See, the new rich is who's rich in time. Forget your stuff. If you're not wealthy in time, you're just a bigger kind of stuck. And so when you're rich in time, so Holly and I are militant about doing everything together. Now, I hear people say, oh, my God, I could never work with my husband. I kill him. You know, stupid things that you hear people say, and it it breaks my heart. They're not stupid. They just break my heart because I'm like, why would you say that? When you met, you couldn't keep your hands off each other, and now there's all this water under the bridge. The two of you are at each other's throats because somehow you're not meeting each other's needs. And see, if you don't don't fertilize the grass and you don't water the grass and you're not there to pull up the rocks and you're not there to get the worms and the weevils out and the foxes that spoil the vine, what happens is, is you have a harvest or a yard or grass that isn't growing. Right. And so when people say that they can't possibly do it together, I say, no, you've just become an expert at not. Right. You're right. conditioned to not. Imagine what you could be if you actually cultivated the time. So we homeschool our kids. We do everything together. We travel. And the homeschool curriculum is so advanced now. They say, hey, kids, get your computers. We're going to go to wherever. And we just live. So here's the, the overarching statement. We build our business around our life. Not your life we around your business. We do not build our life around yep. our business. And most of the world builds their life around their business. Makes perfect sense. It's sacrificial. It's very painful. You don't get time back. And your kids want more of you. So because we've designed our lives so intentionally and we have residual income and we teach people to get residual income, which is everything, we can say no to everything. Right. Used to, we used right. to have to say yes to everything. Now we don't have to. So my favorite word in the English language, well, two words, is no and probably residual income. <laughs> but it's about being present, man. It's right. about being present. And, and you have to take your sword and swing it. That's why I wrote that book, you know, just to, to turn off the noise. People's opinions will destroy you. The stock you take in people's opinions do not cash at the bank. Nobody's going to fight for your family and your freedom like you exactly. will. Do not kid exactly. yourself. Well, you said something that, that stood out to me. And and that was the word intentional. Mm. You know, you this just doesn't happen. No, it no. Doesn't. This is something you have to be very intentional about. Um, you have to put, you know, they say the put the first things first, and and tying with that, you know, like myself, um, your your Christian faith is your top focus. So, uh, you, you and Holly's story with your with your kids and and building this and and keeping things. You know, starting off doing the way you did it is one thing. Keeping this going for 10, 15, 20 yeah. years is, is a whole nother ball game. Well, let me, let me say that real quick because, you know, they say the first hundred grand is far harder to make than the next million, right? Interesting. Okay. The next million is very easy. The next successive millions are very easy. It's that first hundred grand, if you will. So principally, it's those first few steps of momentum that's always the hardest to move the train before the thing yep. is easy to gain yep. speed. 
So for us to keep it going, so there's two battles. The, the society is used to, to thriving in struggle because everybody's conditioned for it. Just enough money, just enough time, not enough time, sacrifice, miss the games, miss each other, fight just enough, um, and not, not to be uh, crass here on the call, but a lot of people will have makeup intimacy after they just had war. Absolutely. It's very destructive. There's all these crazy things going on out there, and, um, and the relationships are fractured at best. And so for us, gaining the freedom is one thing, but then when you, when you have the freedom, may I say it's actually harder. And here's why. Now that we have a blank canvas every day that when we wake up in the morning and we look at it, we can paint whatever we want on it. And it's up to you. Come on. Now that we wake up early and we have our cup, we have a, Holly and I sit down, we have a pot of coffee, we talk, we dream, we edify each other, we talk about life, what we need to do. What we, the kids know not to bother us or come in that room until we're done. It might be an hour. It might be two hours. And so now that you have the freedom, now that you have the financial freedom, now that you have the time, what do you paint on your canvas? For most people that are used to being followers, I'm not saying it's who they are. Sure. They've been conditioned sure. to Absolutely. be. Because you've had a vision stripped away from people. You've taken dreams and you've beaten it out of people. So what do you do with the free time? So people say, gosh, I wish I had your life. I said, well, it's actually a different set of challenges. Because getting out of the noose is one thing. Staying out of the yep. noose is something very different. So, so um, talk about getting, you know, one, getting on top of the mountain it's a lot easier than staying on top of the mountain. Staying on the, and it's not it's not a struggle as much as it's really more of a priority and doing because you can be in what's called a success coma. A lot of people get tons of success and then for whatever reason they'll rest on their hands and they'll sit there and that success coma doesn't help your team, doesn't help you, doesn't help your children. It's actually unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Who cares if you have a, a, a if you turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger and you've got all the muscles like you did when he was you know thirty years old? Right, right. If he doesn't maintain it, you're not going to keep it right. and and grow from it. You know, Correct. when I listened to to Tony Robbins and one of his you know one of his his biggest sayings is happiness comes from progress. It doesn't come it does. from money. It doesn't come from success. It comes from progress. So if if you're just spinning your wheels. Even if you're highly successful and you're not growing, you're, you're not going to continue to be happy. Or you get the stuff and you're like, okay, next, now what? Exactly. But, exactly. It's, but if you can take, if you can, I think one of the keys to happiness is if you can take a snapshot of every little victory and measure it, stop, recognize it, and categorize it. Say, so you know what? I made one sale. You know what? I went on a date. You know what? I took a bike ride with my kids. You know what? I took 30 minutes out to paint a little painting with my th- with my four-year-old. You know what? It's the bite-sized increments. If you stop to recognize it, then there's this lushness and the value is enhanced. One, had, had, you know, one question to ask about that is I, I struggle from this. And you, know, you think a lot like I do, big picture and, and details. Mm-hmm. So Both. the brain's always going in a cycle how do you take those moments and be fully in that moment without having your brain somewhere else thinking about what's going on you've got, that's the you, yeah you got to train it man me. you got to train it because being present is the other big thing that we fight for and train about and encourage people because here's the other uh, deception well like like in our industry for instance right everybody talks about financial freedom and time freedom and so okay you build this organization great you have residual income okay well you got it uh, <laughs> the problem is, is 
you've just if you don't know how to manage that for, forgive me for being scattered here but if you don't know how to manage your success properly what'll happen is you'll you'll never be present so okay i have some level of it's all relative so let's say i have x number of dollars a month coming in residually and i have time freedom okay great so here i am with my wife i'm sitting here talking but we're at the restaurant and i can't stop and focus on her because I'm now in this entrepreneurial panic where I traded an old kind of busy for a new kind of busy. So the great deception in our industry is you create this, you create, here's the best way to put it. I wrote this in my book. You create Frankenstein. And then when you do, you got to keep feeding him or he's going to wreck everything. Right. And so the objective is to Frankenstein eat the same thing every day or do you have to change it up? You have to change up his diet. Absolutely. You, You gotta, you gotta, you gotta change it up, man. Um, well, and the thing is about being present is, like, for instance, a perfect example. A few hours ago this morning, we're sitting there having coffee. Holly says, you know, what? I'm really proud of myself because I did, I did this this year, and she got really healthy, and she's pursuing Pilates, and there's all these different things she's done. And I, I found myself just for a moment wandering, and I refreshed my computer, and I looked up at something I was doing. And she, go, and, and she never says this, but I think it's funny that we're doing this podcast. Right, absolutely. She goes, oh, you're not paying attention. But she's not that emasculating wife that, that beats you in with that one. She yep. just said it casually. I said, I am, honey. And I said, wait a minute. You know what? Even though the computer, I closed it. And that's not common for me. But we're so sensitive now to even little moments where, because you can be free, have money, have time. But if you're still not present, my kids say, hey, daddy, 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 daddy. And you're not even present. Like right. I, you can be right. a zombie in the living room with all the money in the world. And you're still not present with your children. So you have to be deliberate. And you never get that back. Never get that never back. Get that so back. I don't – if you're not – I think the most important thing on earth for a family is to be deliberately present and turning off input. Turn your stupid phone off. Turn the TV off. Turn the computer off. Have the conversation. Play a board game. Be yeah. present. Um, because if you're not present in your freedom, you're deceiving yourself. Yeah, and then what's the point? What's the point? And what you do duplicates, and people will smell that. So as an entrepreneur, they're going to see that you're still a scatterbrain in the midst of, quote, this freedom you right, have, right. and it's actually going to be a turnoff. And how best, you know, how can you serve people you if can't. you can't focus with that person? You, well, you get, you know, in my industry, they call it commission breath. Right. It's like, you know, you're, you're, if you don't have someone's best interest and – truly want to serve them for the sake of serving them they pick up on that well like at a big meeting like we'll do we, we speak at some large gatherings and one of the greatest compliments I'm, I'm given is somebody will say you know what's funny gabriel there were 500 people here and after you spoke everybody's lined up to talk to you and when you and your wife were talking to me the room disappeared and it's not because you're faking it right you genuinely realize that you have a window with this person you have a moment, and you're either transferring life or you're just filling it with emptiness. Right. And when they walk away, did you leave a deposit? Because that's what we're accountable for. Now, is that something that is natural for you, or is that something you have to really focus and go, okay, in, like you said earlier, intentionality? Is that something that you go, you know what, I have to practice this? Do, do you consciously think about it? No, when you're speaking with people, I don't. I, I think I think I'm I'm very there with them because I really care, and and I know people are like yeah right. I really care because I really understand what it's like to be a person 
that is standing there wide-eyed and hopeful, a sponge, right. needing just a nugget from this person that they're holding high. So they came to hear me, or we're talking, we're in a meeting, whether it's macro or micro, at a coffee shop with one-on-one or a big meeting, it doesn't matter, or on a video chat, and I stop and I talk to them and I notice them because I realize, my gosh, when I was younger, I'd have given anything right. if somebody really had my best interest. Most didn't, yep. if, if any. And that was tragic. It's heartbreaking. It's it tragic. really is. Because you're, you need wisdom yep. so bad. And people are just, oh, yeah, oh, yeah bless you. Ha, ha. Pat on the and, shoulder, fake shake, and they're out. Yep. Not good. And you walk away going, now I know who that person was. Because right. I'll never forget that imprint you left on them. Right. Well, and, and I'll be the first to say, like, that coming out of your mouth, that, that's not bullshit. Like, no. I've known you a long, long time. Mm-mm. You're one of the first people, you know, you, you're kind of a big brother figure to me. You, when I need advice, you're one of the first people I call. Which and still you, blows my mind. <laughs> you've never, you've never not had time for me. Mm. And it's not a, hey, Nick, I can meet you for 25 minutes for a cup of coffee. It's, hey, I can meet you at 10 o'clock. And there's been times that me and you have sat there for two, three, four hours before. Yeah. And, and, that's that's something I want to really focus on myself as I continue to get older and you know continue to grow my business and and you know hopefully become more successful as I go is to reach down to those and be present with those that are looking for those nuggets and that's one reason for this podcast is I'm very fortunate to be able to have a lot of friends a lot of clients that you know, are wired like this. But that wasn't accidental. No, it was not so accidental. So you've, you've been intentional. Well, think about this. When you go to bed at night, you wake up in the morning and you go to bed at night. And, oh, like a little pop, right? Yep. There we go. That's a little live, live podcast here. But here, here's the crazy thing. You go to bed at night. Have you ever had these days, and I know all of our listeners will, will, will identify with this. You wake up in the morning. Suddenly it's time to go to bed. And you go, my yep. God, what have I even accomplished yep. today? The sun has gone down, mm-hmm. and it just came up. And you lay there and go, did I just have an entire day escape me? So when you're laying in bed at night and you're, and you're reevaluating how you did during the day, you want to be a greater person. Have you increased? And I'm sorry, people know if they've increased or not. Absolutely. And if you've increased by pouring into others, if you've captured a moment, like when we go to convention, classic point, or you're in a big setting, they have all these agendas, there's meetings, there's big speakers, everybody's running through the halls to get to stuff. Do you know I never make it to any of that stuff? This is not being self-righteous here. Because you're sitting down and engaged with something. I don't make it usually 300 feet through the main lobby, and I'll sit there for six hours because I'll get two feet, somebody will come up and want to talk, and I'm there. I don't care how long the line is. You don't is. blow them off to go to the next I don't person. blow it off. I don't care if I miss everything at the convention, everything in me. They have one moment and if God has given me the platform yep. to be an influence in their life or give them a hope nugget, how dare I yep. squander it because, quote, unquote, I'm too busy or I'm on a mission. You don't get a lot of second shots, guys. Yep. And so. Well, um, it's, 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 it's about quality, not quantity. It's not absolutely. how many different people can I give a little slice Mm-mm. to or can I fully invest in these handful of people? Well, And that, that kind of goes into my next question. You know, being a believer a man of Christian faith, um, how, how does that, how does your faith tie in with how you run your business? Now, mm. what you just said, it's, Hey, God puts you in these moments to be light for people. You know, you're given this platform in order to, to glorify his name, but to also speak life into people. So like, 
how do you how do you run your business? I say, how does your faith tie into, let's say, the mechanics of how you run your business and how you interact with people? Yeah, it's inescapable. Um, it's not dividable. But I love what the verse, the scripture says: if you say who, if, if you say you love God whom you don't see, and yet you don't love your brother who you do see, you're a liar, and the truth is not in you. What a verse! Right. Right. Well, I love God, da, 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 but you don't love people. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And that, that's extremely hard to do at times. And if you say, oh, I love people, but you don't love yourself, mm-hmm. well, then you don't really love people. Because what you're doing, quote, to love people is trying to fill a deficiency in you because you're not pleased with yourself and love yourself. So your, quote, love for them is actually trying to fix a hole in you because you don't love yourself. Love is full circle. It's loving others and being loved, loving yourself and loving others. And you can't start with one and not have the right. other. And if it's not a full circle, you're, you're a two-legged table. Yep. And um, so as a Christian, you know, and unfortunately the society has heard that word and people have been brainwashed, you know, to hear all kinds of stuff. And it means different things to different people. I don't mean that by definition. I mean just because of the way people have been conditioned. Right, right. And the one thing that is inescapable is this. People could tell you, I don't know if I like the guy. I don't know if I like what he says. I don't know if I agree with anything he talked about. But man, the way I felt when I left their presence, see, that's everything. Absolutely. Because that leaves an eternal deposit. Um, When they're with you as a believer, when they were with Jesus, they were filled because you leave a deposit. And so um, that's the biggest thing is, and people say, oh, like with my wife, they compliment. I hear a lot of compliments about Holly. People say, your wife is beautiful. She's radiant. She's so pleasant. She's happy. Her smile's amazing. She's contagious. She None walks of that, in a room. None of that compares to her her love for Jesus. No. And, and she that's walks what radiates out of her. Right. She right. walks in the room and the whole room changes. Yep. And I say, you know what you're seeing? You're seeing a woman that is walking in incredible amounts of gratitude. She understands what it's like to really experience forgiveness, to have real deliverance, to be set free, to be given hope, to be snatched out of the fire because life will destroy you, to have God come and rescue her when she, you know how she came to the Lord? Jesus, God, whoever you are, after she left an Applebee's one night, I can't live like this anymore. Whoever you are, I need you to do something because I can't continue this. It was literally a sentence. The next day I met her, her whole life wow. was changed. Wow. So it's these moments where, where you're leaving a deposit with people. So I, um, when people say, you know, we, we need our dose of the sedlax, it's just because we are mindful to make sure that we're a conduit because goodness gracious, you don't want more of me. <laughs> you, want, you, want, you want something a lot bigger than me. But, but you know, yeah. it goes back to our word we talked about earlier. It's intentionality. You know, God uses you as a conduit, but you've been very intentional about being present and aware of what God is speaking, not to you, but through you to somebody else. So I think being very aware of that, you know, this uh, spiritual maturity of understanding that and, and maybe, you know, in each situation, 
looking for that nugget that God is passing through you that you pass on to other people. Well, but the terrifying part of that is we have a society now where everything is Christianese, Christian language, right, super right. spiritual concepts. And people will say crazy stuff like, all things happen for a reason. I just believe that happened to teach you a lesson. I just believe, and, and, and we, I could go into hours of refuting all of that stuff. The problem is, is people say, God told me, God told me, or they feel, well, I feel like the Lord's telling me, and they use this language all the time. Literally, like if you went to the drive-thru and they say, hey, would you like fries with that? Yes. Would you like it upsized? Sure, I would. That is as common as people saying God said. So you have to be very weighty, right? This is not a burden. But when people are, are, are if people are qualifying what they're saying by saying, well, I feel like God's telling me God, you bet. Let me just say something. The creator of the universe, you better darn well make sure that he's actually saying this because he right. ain't schizophrenic. Right. <laughs> He isn't saying something to somebody that's half-baked, and then two weeks later, well, uh, the Lord's telling me to do this now, and then you rip up the roots and use something yep. different. He ain't schizophrenic. He doesn't talk both sides. We just have to understand most people are well-meaning, and they love to say this stuff. But if you just love people and you avoid all of that language because it's probably wise to do so, then you're you're probably in good shape. I hope I'm Absolutely. Making sense here because absolutely that stuff is scary, man. Oh, that's that's a whole that's a whole nother whole podcast. another conversation. Yeah. So, well, I've got one question I like to ask um, yeah. all my guests that I'm going to try to tie it all together with everybody we have. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to twenty year old Gabe mm. about entrepreneurship, what would it be? I know. <laughs> you, I just had a waterfall through. run through my mind when you asked me that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I start with this, and then let me add some more sprinkles to the okay. to the Sunday. Okay. I can't just give you a scoop. I got to give you hot fudge, nuts, and sprinkles and whipped cream. I would say nobody is going to fight for your dreams and your freedom and your family like you will. Nobody's going to fight with the urgency. And nobody's going to fight with the conviction or the expediency that you will. And so the big thing that I wish I knew earlier, this is not a fatalistic statement against society or people as a whole. But I really thought that people had my best interest at hand at, 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 as right. their motive. Right. And it was their best interest. And I spent a lot of years being a rainmaker, getting very, very deep rabbit trails. I went down some deep, dark rabbit trails because I respected and listened to people that I took stock in their opinions, their words, their direction for my life. Mm -hmm. And I just wish that they had my best interest at heart. And they really didn't. It was for their end game. Now, that's not being jaded. So I would say. It's just a harsh reality. I would say nobody's going to fight like you will. And. And, and I think that's important because I spent many a year believing and waiting for other people to act on my benefit and for my, for my benefit when I thought that's what they were doing. And so I would be, I would wait a long time. And if I had known, hold on, I better just pick up my sword and start swinging mm -hmm. it. Then I would have gained a lot of ground quicker. So right. that's number one. Right. And then, and then number two, um, Money is supposed to be your servant, and time is supposed to be your servant. You're never supposed to serve money and time. And when you can get back to the parable of the sower. This isn't a Pink Floyd reference, is no. it? <laughs> now, think about even biblically, right? You go to the parable of the sower. You know, any man can count the, the, the seeds 
in an apple, but God can count the apples in a seed. Hmm. And so the when, when the scripture says things like, if you understand the parable of the story, you understand the whole kingdom. Right, right. Think about this. If I take one kernel of corn and I plant it in the ground, I can get a corn stalk, correct? Correct. It has three to four ears of corn per stalk. They have about 800, on average, kernels per cob. Got it? So, or ear of corn or whatever the proper term right. is. So one turns into 800 times three or 800 times four. Then you eat one. You take the other three or four. You plant them. Now you have 2,400 plants right. Right. that are all producing three to four cobs per plant with 800 kernels per corn. And see, what happens is if you plant your seed right, eventually you'll have acres and acres and acres and acres. You could populate the earth with plants if you tapped into the potential of the seed. And so what I have realized is um, being faithful with something and cultivating it and planting it and cultivating and not getting pulled on by people's opinions, not getting the, the tchotchke of the day, the opportunity of the hour, the shiny object syndrome. Find something, bite into it, turn off the opinions of people, do not get sidetracked and give birth to that thing and then be faithful with your harvest and then beat off the foxes and beat off the, the, the crows and make sure you're faithful with it because eventually your harvest will then become like wind in your sail. It'll serve you. So as the farmer's driving through his miles and miles of corn, does he feel bad because while he sleeps, it's a little bigger and a little plumper? Yeah. When, he's dry, when he's driving through his thousands of head of cattle, does he feel guilty because now they're a little plumper and a little beefier? No, because he took one and yep. created the many. Yep. So that is an inevitability if people don't stop, but most people get sniped by the opinions of people that they believe have their best interests. Mm. And so they do not tend their own field with uh, enough aggression. And and and, and what happens is, is your future harvest is stolen. Wow, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah. It's very, very, very deep. And um, something that, you know, I think, I think it's harder in today's world with cutting out outside opinions Mm. um you know everybody's got access to you know not to blame social media or anything but it it gives the platform and it it puts you out there and anybody can hide behind a computer and and say what they will and you just have to be you have to be deaf and blind to that you know why most people don't pursue their 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 the passion they have because in their heart of hearts they don't really believe that if they pursue it with the aggression that they know they need to and want to, that it'll actually pay off. Mm. So they'll build it to a degree and then self-sabotage. They'll build the house halfway yeah. up and tear it down. It's this conditioning ceiling that people have because they don't really believe that things. So this is another reason why um, reality TV and everything is so popular because people will drink vicariously through the successes and the victories of other people. And they'll drink on their couch from watching others win and they've relegated the fact that they are winners and they are not. Right. And so they're able to have some level of numbing watching the victory. That's why sports are so popular because people can herald and cheer on the victories of others and they themselves are drinking from those moments 
But on the inside, they're truly a champion as well. They just right. haven't gotten in a game themselves. Yep. So they'll drink from another game. Mm. That's good stuff, buddy. So mm. long story short, get in the game. Get in the game. Get in the game. Don't stand on the sidelines. We all have something inside of us. Pull it out. Go to bat. Man, that's good stuff. Love it. Well, brother, I cannot thank you enough. Um, this has been awesome. You know, having you on for my for my first episode has set a high bar. Goodness, I hope it was. I hope it was. Somebody's gonna. You know, there's so much to say. How do you possibly do this? Yeah. We just have to yes. do more. Yep. Yeah. Just continue to do it. Yep. Well, brother, I want to pray for us. Um, Love pray it. for you, Lord. Thank you for my friend Gabriel. I pray blessings and favor over his life, business, and sweet, sweet family. Continue to use him as a messenger to bring hope to others and glory to your name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, bro, thanks for joining me. And um, Thank you, my friend. And may this uh, be a blessing to everyone listening. Um, you're not stuck. And anything you want in life is yours. You just have to come to grips with the fact that it's for you all along. Amen, brother. Guys, thanks for joining us, and um, that's a wrap. This is the 615 Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review at nickwoodard.com forward slash podcast. 